It's 1.40 p.m. in San Francisco, 1.40 p.m., 1.41 p.m. now in Los Angeles. And that means that we have the absolute honor and pleasure of talking uh, to an international legend in the punk music scene, Alicia Armendariz, Alice Bag. ¿Cómo estás? How are you, Alice? Bien. Gracias. Gracias por invitarme. Un auténtico honor y un auténtico placer por poder platicar contigo, la verdad. We, of course, we've known your work for many, many years, and it's an absolute uh, honor to be able to talk to an icon like you. Oh, thank you so much. That's really nice of you. Uh, how's everything? Where are you at this very specific moment? I am in my little work room, and I'm looking at all the stuff that I need to clean up on the table. <laughs> I have a bunch of, uh, I cut out a bunch of fabric to sew masks, but I haven't sewn them yet. So okay. I have to get on that. Are you going to give those away? What's the plan, uh, the plan um, for those? Those are, those are for me and my family, maybe a couple friends that don't have any masks. But um, I, I just, I find that I go through a lot a lot of them. And I at, when I first started sewing them, I really wanted to figure out how to make them the right way so that they fit right. And then I realized there is no right way. They're, like They all are kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I yeah. haven't found the perfect one yet, but um, but you know we do what we have to. Exactly. I'm making I'm, I'm like cutting up old things and cutting up like little bits of socks and old t-shirts and making it work. Exactly. Are they uh, do they have like a specific design like uh, like something that you're printing on them or uh, or something like that? Uh, no, they're just they're strictly practical. Okay. They're not awesome. they're not really that you know they're not a fashion statement. Although maybe at some point I'll get to that, but right now I just want them to be not too uncomfortable and to, you know, keep me and whoever whoever's wearing them and whoever is in contact with that person safe. Of course. Uh, congratulations on uh, Sister Dynamite. Great, great piece of rock and roll. We love it. We've been playing a, a few songs out of this album. And it's great. We, we simply love it. Thank you. That's great news. I'm I'm very happy. You released it on April the 24th, so it's been like a couple of months. Uh, how do you feel about it? I know it's uh, we're living a very weird and strange circumstances at the moment. Pero como te sientes? How do you feel about uh, about? Uh, I, I how, feel how kind, of, it's kind of weird, you know. It's si. like usually you re release an album, you go out, you do a big release show, and you sell your record, you talk to people and they come back and, you know, to the next show and they tell you how they liked it. And, you know, it, you get a lot of feedback. I'm missing that because I don't get to be out playing shows. And, you know, we had tours planned, as I'm sure lots of bands are in the same situation. You, you plan to, you know, go out and and celebrate that you have a new record and we haven't been able to do that. So it's it's disappointing in some ways, but I realize that, you know, it's not as important as, as uh, people being healthy and staying alive. So, so we're just uh, trying to celebrate at home by myself. Definitely. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, what what else can we do? I saw that you were you were you were supposed to be touring uh, in New York in, in June, then Chicago, then Columbus. You were gonna go to London in August, and you were gonna be touring with Buckeye, this great, uh, interesting project that we interviewed last week. Oh, I love them. They're so good. Right? Yeah. They have uh, so good. great energy. 
Yeah, and the, and the music is so catchy and so much, it's fun. So I, I'm really sad that, you know, hopefully we'll get to tour with them at some point in the future. Of course. But of I'm course. disappointed that we didn't get to do it this time. Yeah, you're, you're in the lineup uh, for Burger Boogaloo that was moved to October. Yeah, and Punk Rock Bowling, we were supposed to do the pre-show, uh -huh. um, which just, you know, I just saw people doing their, a few, uh, I saw a few acts doing, you know, acoustic sets or at-home sets. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, I enjoy watching other people do it, but I don't feel like it's not really my thing. I really, I, I really need the audience. <laughs> I need to feel them. I don't know how you do it in front of a screen because exactly. I feel like, It's not the same, you know, when I'm at rehearsal, I can get into the song, but it's not the same as, like, singing it to somebody and, you know, looking at their eyes, feeling their energy coming off them. Uh, so, yeah. Totally. Uh, same with me, I, I would say. Uh, you know, like, a lot of my fellow DJs have been doing uh, interviews on Instagram. But uh -huh. it's not my thing either. I just don't feel, like, uh, comfortable being on screen and, you know, talking to... I mean, we could have done this interview, too, on Instagram Live or something like that. But, you know, I just prefer to do it the, the old radio way. I like it like that, too. Right? I mean, that way, you don't, I don't have to clean up my messy room. <laughs> 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 I don't have to worry about my quarantine uh, roots that are coming out of my head. <laughs> you can do it in your PJs and stuff. I can do it in my PJs, you know, and my room can be a mess. That's I, I think that's the big thing right now is because I'm trying to uh, trying to do so much, you know, and I, you know, like I have all my instruments in one room and my amps, and then I have fabric, and then I have like some records and some books, and it's just it's just uh, it's a little crowded in here. Of course, <laughs> definitely. So yeah, of course. I mean, you've been creating great music for uh, for a long, long time. With the bags starting in 1977, and then you've you've been part of uh, several uh, projects, very important ones. Uh, and now with uh, with Sister Dynamite, uh, how, when when you when you I don't know if you do this, but uh, when you look at yourself in the rear view mirror, uh, how do you see yourself compared with that uh, with that Alice bag from from the bags in 1977? Um, I I feel like I progressed you know i feel like i've i've grown up a lot i'm a lot more confident i do a lot of stuff myself now that i didn't do when i was younger i think when i was younger i really was very happy to just be a singer uh -huh. and to uh, you know to let other people make decisions for me and then as i got older i learned to take on more responsibility and i learned that it was more fulfilling to take more responsibility and i learned you know it's like like learning to drive a car as yeah. opposed to having somebody chauffeur you around. It's like, okay, I know where I want to go. I know the best way to get there. I'm going to drive this time. You know, it means a little extra effort. Uh, you don't get to like be on your cell phone or looking out the window, but, but when you decide that you're going to drive the car, then you've got to pay attention. So I feel like it's very, like that's the role I'm taking now. I'm making, you know, pretty much all the decisions for, for my band, uh, You know, aside from like, you know, telling them, inviting them to join in and to come and, and make music with me. And at that point, it is very creative and everybody, you know, like has input into that. But I think as far as like just steering the course of like, what's going to happen next? How are we going to do this? Um, I'm usually the one making those, 
those decisions, and um, it's work, but it's fulfilling. So that's where I am. Totally. And you you released a new video uh, three, three weeks ago that we uh, posted on Instagram uh, for White Justice, this song that is part of Blueprint. Uh, the, this video uh, features uh, footage of uh, that was recorded on August 29th of 1970 in Los Angeles uh, uh, from the documentary Chicano Moratorium. It's right. a great historic moment, and uh, when I watched it, it just kind of made me think that the time really hasn't passed. Uh, like things are kind of the same since those days. How do you feel about it? And now specifically, you know, with the situation with George, with George Floyd that happened in Minneapolis. How, as a person and as a musician, how how do you see society at this very moment? Well, I'm infuriated. Right. I I feel like we can't we can't allow this to continue to happen. It's like it's just happening. You know, it happens over and over to people of color constantly. It's, yes. it's you know, it, it's something that we all share, and we all need to support each other and say we're not gonna we're not gonna stand for this anymore. It's it's outrageous. Um, that's it's it's murder. I think it's like let's call it what it is. It's beyond yeah, just like, yeah. an abuse of power. It was like deliberate murder. This this it couldn't have been um, accidental. The person knew that that um, George Floyd was pleading for his life, saying, "I can't breathe." Of course, you know, and and the people that were watching were saying, "Hey, you know, this guy is, it, you know, <laughs> you're going to kill him." Of course, and they didn't stop. So I, I'm outraged. I feel like I, you know, I, I can't take it anymore. We have to change the system, and I can't believe that our government is not, you know, stepping up and and taking ownership of the situation. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I can believe it because it's what's happened traditionally, right? But I just, I, we cannot, we have to change it. We have to do something about it. We have to, like, all of us work together and see that, you know, the fate of that one person, it could be any of us. You know, it could be any, any um, person of color that is seen as, we're seen as less than human. Of course, but it's kind of something like uh, it's it's ingrained in in our in our society, you know. Like for example, on Sunday, I was at my apartment in downtown San Francisco, and I saw three arrests, like within two hours, and the three of them were against uh, people of color, and the three of them had uh, you know with brute force. Uh, basically, like in one of them, I saw like uh, four cop cars showed up to to arrest only one one person and i saw him like literally like he was uh you know with handcuffs and yeah. uh, i saw him basically just throwing him onto the ground like not caring like at all it's it's like it's something like it's not only in minneapolis it's not only with lapd it's it's also it's also something that happens here in sfpd it's like a like a national thing it's incredible yeah it's um yeah it's it's I don't know. I just I just feel like we can't tolerate it anymore. Like we Definitely. keep this keeps happening over and over again. The the thing is that it's it's such a glaringly obvious thing that it's not just like oh these policemen weren't trained properly. Why is it that the policemen that like have to stand up to white men who are carrying weapons, totally. screaming at in, in the faces of police officers? 
they never, they never get uh, gas, you know, tear gas. They never get, they, they don't receive the same kind of treatment. Of course. And it's, it's just, I, I don't know. I've, I've reached my, I've reached my, uh, yeah. my breaking point. It's incredible because, you know, like, like you said, it's something that we all together have to do. But unfortunately, it's kind of like, uh, you know, right now uh, people are protesting through social media and stuff. I mean, a lot of people are on the streets, which is good. But like here in San Francisco, nothing's happening, which is sad. Uh, but, you know, it's it's something that we all have to have to do together to change. But it seems like, I don't know, it seems like it's not happening, which is uh, it, which really frustrates me. Well, I think that's the thing, you know, that the the issue is that people are afraid right now, you know, because of the the pandemic. Sure. People don't want to go out and like totally. be in a crowd with a bunch of other people protesting, but you do want to express your your outrage, but also expressing outrage is just not enough. We exactly. need to we need to figure out how to change it. Exactly. Um and what we what what we've been doing, you know, I mean, I've you know, I've marched, you've marched, we've like yes. signed petitions, we've called people, and it's just, you know, what do we do next? I, I, I don't know. It's, I'm at a point where I really wish somebody would come up and say, "Do this, this will work." <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to change it. Exactly, but when when you compare like like our current society with like, for example, a society from 1977, how how do you, how do you see this this uh, this uh, youth, this uh, this new society that we have right now, compared well, with those movements from the seventies and the and the and the, and the late sixties and all that. I think the the thing that I do think we have in our favor now that we didn't at that time is that we have the internet, that we have a way to communicate and show what's going on. So you don't have to have the you don't have to have somebody interpret what happened. Yeah. You know, you can see it happening in real time. You can see, you know, you you can you you don't you can avoid somebody telling you the story and reframing it for you because you can see it yourself, and you can be in touch with a community through different social, you know, through social media. You can go on and like talk to other people and figure out like what's happening and organize that way too. Definitely. But yeah, so I think when I was when I was younger, these things would happen, and then the news would go on and say like, "Oh, these like at, at the Chicano Moratorium, right? There was a, yep. an attempt to reframe that yep. into like uh, the Chicanos were rioting, and it's exactly. like, no, <laughs> the Chicanos were not rioting. Yes. It was the you know the riot police that came in and started shooting tear gas into the crowd and that caused people." to run in different directions and get hurt. And that's like, that's what set it off. It's not that like Chicanos were all getting ready to go cause a riot at a local park. So I think the thing that we have now is that we can see for ourselves what's happening and stay in touch with each other and organize through, through social media and the internet. Definitely. No, I, I agree with you. And I think uh, it is really up to us to stop this and to, you know, to, all collectively uh, to get together and, and really change things and, you know, just not let protest for for a week and then just uh, get used to it and forget about it and uh, and don't come back to it. This is like a constant battle that we have to fight all together. Yeah, 
I, 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 um, I was walking my dog yesterday, and um, one of the neighbors just took chalk and wrote on her driveway all the names of, you know, like they, they had written Rest in Peace, Yes. Uh, George Floyd, and, and then they put all the names of people that had been killed by police. And I, every time I, I look at it, you know, every time I walk by with my dog and I think of people that are just walking, you know, because that's what, that's what we do up here now for exercise and to get out for a few minutes. Yes. And um, I felt like that's a, a really powerful statement just to show, like, I am in solidarity with you. I'm thinking about this. This is not going by unnoticed, and I'm going to do whatever I can to to change this. So I feel like just a little a little thing that somebody does on a very personal level helps. It helps keep all our spirits up and helps keep us all focused. Definitely. Well, let's stay together and let's fight together. Like like I said, that's the only the only way out of this in a permanent way, not in a temporary way. Uh, Alice, let's talk about uh, about the punk scene, the current um, uh, punk scene in in America. Uh, you were a pioneer. You are a pioneer of uh, of punk music. Um, how do you see the the current uh, music scene in, in in America? You know, whenever I hear of like a music scene, I always think like it's so big compared to what it was like when I was into it, and in, you know, and the 70s, True. it was a very small scene where you knew everybody and you knew all the bands and you went to see each other. And now it's like every neighborhood has a, you know, a scene. Yeah. So I feel like it's defined um, in some, in some areas, it's really different uh, than in others. So when I think of my community, my punk community and my punk scene, it doesn't look at all like, what somebody else might think. Like to me, my punk scene is like very diverse. It's very inclusive. Of it's course. all about having women and queers and people of totally. color in, in all, you know, in the bands and in the, in the audience and behind the scenes. So I feel like there are punk scenes in places where people probably think it's like about, you know, dudes playing football in front of the stage, but to me, that is the most boring yeah, thing. Totally. It's like, if you want to play football, go join a, <laughs> yeah, a exactly. team. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Like, I was thinking about this, you know, I, I like to play punk music in my show. Uh, well, most of the, the stuff that I play is punk. And there's, like, a lot of these international punk bands that, you know, they have, uh, you know, uh, deals with uh, record labels and all that stuff. But in the end, I was thinking, like, like uh, those small punk scenes... I think that's where the the good stuff is happening, like you were saying. Like like in this case, I think uh, the best punk in the Bay Area is in Oakland. And, uh, you know, when, when I go to those uh, uh, shows uh, that are actually like not in bars or, or venues, but are taking place in an abandoned building, I think that's where punk uh, really, the good punk is. Do you, do you agree with me, kind of? Well, I love Oakland. I think Oakland has a, like, first of all... <laughs> I know that you didn't mean this, or maybe you did mean this specifically about Oakland, but I think Oakland is, like, really politically astute, and they're, like, socially conscious. Yes. I feel like, I feel really good energy coming totally. from people in Oakland and from the punk movement. The fact that, you know, you have, like, punks that are, like, taking care of the homeless. You have, like, yes. people, like, you know, whenever I... I, I 
talk to somebody where I feel like, oh, I want my band to go up and play in Oakland. There's always somebody that sticks their hand out and says, come on up, I'll help you put a show together. Totally, yeah. So I feel like there's a real sense of community in Oakland. Um, I mean, I love San Francisco, too. We played there for many, many years. I just feel like Oakland is really uh, vibrant. And, uh, and I love what, I love, my experiences there have all been really positive. Plus, I really like that, that homeroom restaurant that makes the vegan mac and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm getting sidetracked. But uh, also, no, I agree with you, you know, like, it's not about um, going to see, you know, the huge concert. That's, I, I understand why people want to see the huge concert or the huge festival. That's a different vibe. That's a completely different thing from like going to a small, you know, uh, like I remember going to a, a garage in Montebello. I mean, and it was a, it was, um, it was in an industrial area, and it, you rented the garages, and there were like mechanics working on on cars totally. and then you you drive up and there was one particular um garage that that they were having a concert in you know it's a little bit crazy because you know like as an old lady i need to use the bathroom and i want to have a toilet <laughs> but <laughs> but but you know you you, you get used to it you do what you have to do. If you're going to go to a punk concert, you can't be, like, too prissy about it, Exactly. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent, Alice. Well, I, I, I really hope that uh, Burger Pogalu takes place. Uh, you know, uh, it was moved to October uh, 31st for Halloween. Uh, do you have any inside information for us about... Uh, I know it's a super tough question because right now we have no idea what's going to happen with the world and with the, with the music. But do you, do you know anything about Burger uh, Bogaloo? Do you think it will take place? I have no idea. No I idea. really don't. I mean, we're, we're supposed to play it, um, but I guess it all depends on whether that type of gathering is allowed. And um, for me, I... I am really committed to keeping myself, my band, and anybody who anybody who cares about their health and the health of others. Of course, to keeping them, to keeping us all safe. Exactly. You know, there's rock and roll, punk rock. Our friends, our community. We're all going to be here after this is over. Exactly. And yeah. so yeah. we, you know, if we have to skip one year, we will. But exactly. if we don't have to, I'd love to. I'd love to be there. I'd love to you know, dance and sing and party with y'all. Totally. I, I, I love that you keep it positive. I love that, uh, you know, you're saying that in the end, things are going to be okay. It's really up to us, you know, to take care of each other. And uh, we're, it's going to be fine. And like you said, if we take a one-year break, eventually we'll come back and we'll, we will sing again. Yeah. Excellent, Alisboa. Muchas gracias por el tiempo que te has tomado para hacer esta entrevista. Es un honor como mexicano, como chicano, poder platicar contigo como punk por Dios, obviamente. Te agradezco mucho el tiempo que te has tomado and I really, really, really hope that I can see you here in San Francisco in Oakland, actually, uh, October 31st for Burger Brogaloo. And if that happens, please come to KXSF. It'll be oh, an absolute to. honor to have you here. That would be so much fun. Muchas gracias, Guillermo. A ti, gracias. Alice. Okay, nos vemos pronto. Un abrazo. Muchas gracias. Bye. Bye.
Excellent. Uh, that was uh, Alice Berg, Alicia Armendariz, a uh, great icon in the punk music scene. An absolute honor for KXSF and for San Francisco to have her here on our airwaves. Uh, I hope you, my dear San Franciscan, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed uh, this conversation. And, you know, yeah, we're, uh, we're upset. We're disgusted. We're angry about uh, what, what happened with, uh, with George, with George Floyd in Minneapolis. And not only him, you know, but this is like a, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's time just to really open up and say things the way they are, as easy as that. You know, like uh, this is constant against uh, people of color, uh, against uh, LGBTQ people. You know, it's I think sadly discrimination and racism is uh, deeply ingrained in American society. And, uh, you know, when you don't say anything about uh, what's happening, about the injustices, somehow you're part of the problem. So, uh, you know, it's kind of sad that, uh, that here in San Francisco... People are not protesting in a massive manner. I understand because of COVID-19 and everything. Uh, but, you know, every time uh, we have all these issues with guns and all the killings and everything, I just don't see a lot of people, uh, 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 you know, uh, protesting uh, here in San Francisco. I know, I know people that do. I do myself. Uh, like in the case of the Tenderloin, like, you know, like, like I told Alice, like I saw three people get arrested violently in just one day within like four hours in my corner of my in the corner of, of where i live in downtown san francisco with you know with violence and everything and all of them against people of color and uh i guess uh, sfpd it's kind of you know being part of this as well and uh we just let it happen and uh and if we if we forget about it if we protest about it and then forget about it it will just happen like we need to make a deep deep change in our society in our way of thinking you know, uh, with this COVID-19 situation and the people in the Tenderloin, like it sucks the way San Francisco has dealt with this situation. And I say it on the airwaves. I live in the Tenderloin. I lived in the Tenderloin for about 10 years of my life. And, you know, and they have been always uh, been forgotten uh, by, by the government of this city that is falling into greed, that is just, uh, that just cares about uh, tech money. And, uh, and I think that's it. Uh, you know, I, I know uh, really few people that uh, support there are these people in need, especially in the Tenderloin. One of my fellow DJs does, and I really, really appreciate that uh, that he does that. I'm not going to say his name, but if you're listening, you know who you are. I thank you for that, because I know you do this on a daily basis. Uh, but this should be something we all do together, as he says that, uh, permanently. So uh, let's go now, and uh, and let's play something by, uh, by Alice Bag. Uh, let's see... Out of uh, her 2018 blueprint, uh, let me see, I need to find it. <laughs> We're gonna play uh, a song that I that I spoke to that I spoke to her about. Uh, a music video that was released uh, three weeks ago. This is White Justice with Alice Bag in Rocknet at KXSF. Mm-hmm. 